Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thank you for listening this weekend to Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham with a question. If you could save a life by folding two pieces of paper, would you? Let's talk about it. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Leslie Lee. Leslie is an artist and the founder of the Soulbox Project. Hi there, Leslie. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Hi, Gary. Thank you so much for your interest. I appreciate it. So let's talk about it. What is the Soulbox Project? Well, this is um, a way to raise awareness of the U.S. gunfire epidemic, which is people might think they're really aware of, but there's so much more to it than what we hear. Um, I started this um, as, a, as an art project by asking people to make small origami boxes to hold space for gunfire victims. And the idea was that we needed a visual. You know, when I looked at the statistics on this, on how many people are killed or injured, which is like over 70,000 a year, um, I just thought, no wonder, you know, people can't comprehend this. We, our brains aren't wired for that. But if you have something that you can show people, um, then they begin to really realize what those numbers are. And they can see it and feel it, and it reaches them on an emotional level. And that's where, that's where people take action, usually, is from an emotional space. So um, that's, that's how, why I started it, was because I just felt like this conversation about gunfire which is not just gun violence, um, has been going on for decades. So when people see these beautiful boxes, is it the sheer volume that kind of makes it emotional for them? Yeah, that's, I mean, that was, that was actually the, my intention in the first place. Um, what has resulted is that I have found out that making the boxes is super important to people who are doing it. People really want something to do. Um, and you know, if you're, if you're a gun owner, then there are things that you can definitely do to make things safer. Um, but if you're, if you're not, and you're just concerned about this in general, what, what is it, you know, what kind of action can you take? You know, there are a lot of people who don't want to get out in the streets. They don't want to demand things. They don't want to get involved politically, but they want to do something. And so folding these boxes turns out to be a very meditative, calming thing to do, which was very helpful for for people during the pandemic. And then also people who have 
um, victims that they specifically want to honor by putting their name on a box and making a box, especially for someone who's been killed or injured, that it turns out to be really healing medicine. And um, I've gotten lots of incredible stories about that. So who who's making these boxes? It's not just people who've been affected by gun violence, right? Well, we, I guess, in essence, we've all been affected by gun violence. But exactly. it's, not, it's not just a family who's maybe... Um, had a tragedy in their life. It's it's just everybody. People all over the country are making these boxes. We have we have boxes from, I believe now, 39 states. You know, so the majority of states in the U.S. have contributed boxes to this project. Um, we have over um, 80,000 of them now. Wow, wow that's so, a lot. No, I, excuse me, 180,000 oh, because we're, we're almost to our goal of 200,000. Yeah. So um, they're made by, by people who, who have had tragedies, who know people who are killed or injured, um, because they can make boxes specifically for them. Um, but they're also made by people who are just concerned. You know, I mean, personally, I don't know anybody who's been killed or injured by a gun. And yet I am very aware that this is the kind of thing that ripples out in communities and... Um, when we stop trusting each other, when we f- start feeling like we have to have a gun to protect ourselves from the guys who've got the guns, you know, it just gets into this cyclical thing, which is really unhealthy for, uh, you know, a society to operate on some kind of level of trust. And so, um, yeah, so there are a lot of people who just are really concerned about this and, and want um, more people to understand how big this epidemic is and what the depth and breadth of it is. Uh, sounds like a, a, a labor of love for you. <laughs> well, it is a labor of love. It, I think it's a labor of love for everybody who's working on this project. You know, like any nonprofit, um, you get people who are involved who really feel like what they're doing is important and they put their hearts and souls into it. And there's hearts and souls in every single one of these soul boxes as well. You know, I mean, this is one of the things that differentiates what we're doing from a lot of um, other kind of artivism things that are happening. Um, Lots of times that would just be a a one-off thing. Like I think people, a lot of people were aware of the 4,000 empty shoes that were put on the, you know, the lawn of the White House, that kind of thing. But this is something where there's hundreds, if not thousands of people participating in making the art. And then, you know, and then it gets exhibited. So there's a there's a two prong thing going on here. There's the healing part of making the art. And then there's the awareness part of exhibiting the art and the two go together hand in hand and make it much more powerful. So that's uh, it's it's like the AIDS quilt in that regard. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting because that that definitely had um, it was, that was the eighties and nineties mostly, right? And it, it's it, been thirty years ago. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> made quite going. a powerful, made a very powerful statement, and it was um, just something beautiful that made you stop and think, wow. Yeah, wow, wow. It, the AIDS quilt turned out to be the biggest piece of community art that ever was created 
and um, and they're a great model for for what we're doing because it, it it is the fact that there are the makers and then there are the viewers and and the other thing that's interesting about the, an interesting parallel is the HIV virus has not diminished it continues to go up and up and up just kind of like our gun sales just keep going up and up and up but with enough awareness enough education enough resources put into um you know helping people understand what it's about and what they can do about it the deaths from hiv went down dramatically and it's possible that people could understand that the deaths from gunfire could go down as well i mean one of the things that people don't really recognize is over half of the deaths by gun in the U.S. are suicides. Yeah, that... And, I mean, yeah, just take a second to let that sink yeah, in, right? Exactly. And, and less than 1%, way less than 1%, are the mass shootings, which we hear so much about and scare us so much. So, you know, it's, it's like as a society, we really have more control over this than we think because a healthy society is a society that is taking care of people so that they don't get desperate and take their own lives. We're talking today with Leslie Lee, the founder of the uh, Soul Box Project, which is these beautiful origami boxes. How did you choose to make origami for this project? Well, I just, I mean, I knew we, we were talking about huge numbers. And so it needed to be something small. Um, these boxes are three by three. Um, and it need, they needed to be lightweight because we were going to be shipping them around the country. And they needed to be, it needed to be something that anybody could make, you know, whether they're a kid or anyone, very inexpensively, two pieces of paper. You know, so that was, you know, with all of those things in mind, it's like how, you know, what was I, what was I going to get to show these numbers that seemed like the most logical thing. And somebody had showed me how to make these traditional uh, masu boxes. And I just thought, yeah, that would work, you know. And then it was just a very quick jump from that box to soul box, you know. That's, I, I put this up in a very, very short period of time. I mean, this happened, I, I did this right after the Las Vegas shooting and, uh in a, and I think it was in 10 days or something before I had an event where I thought I could present this. Wow. I, you know, created the logo, put up a website, got a P.O. box, whatever. I mean, you do these things kind of impulsively, but um, it just seemed like something that would work. And by golly, Gary, it is. It's working. Yeah, you have 180,000 of them now. Yes, from all over the country. And, you know, I mean, so, so we're almost to the point where we're having trouble storing them all. <laughs> and so um, we, we're actually sort of now um, focusing on having people make boxes and keep them in their own communities and make their own displays and exhibits with them. And then we have the ones that we are going to be taking around the country. And we were scheduled to go to the National Mall last October. And, of course, COVID put a kibosh on all of that. Right. So we've been sort of treading water, although not entirely, um, so that we can be on the National Mall in uh, in October, this coming October, oh, okay. and we will. In the meantime, we're having a big exhibit in Portland, 
in just a week. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, because is this the first time you've had a display here locally? No, it isn't. Um, we have, we've, we've taken these boxes to the Oregon State Capitol, um, where we had a, a very stirring procession of people carrying in boxes um, in these in bags that were you know, filled with these boxes, because a lot of them don't have names on them um, or, or even messages. They're, they're pretty much plain boxes, but, but what they represent, those boxes, are the, are the unknowns. All the people that don't ever get, make the news, you know, they're the suicides, they're the injured, and they're, and those numbers are bigger than all the rest of them. So when we display these boxes, we have a number of them on, um, on display panels so that you can actually, you know, get up close to them and see them. You can see the messages, you can see the artwork, see the names. And then we have these bags and bags full of ones that represent the unknowns. And so um, we will be having processions at the at this exhibit at the Multnomah Arts Center um, next weekend, not this coming weekend, but the 26th and the 27th. And we're looking for people to join those processions because it takes a lot of people to carry 50-some thousand boxes in. The rest of there'll be another twenty some thousand that are on display on panels. We're representing one year in this Portland exhibit. We'll be representing three years at the DC exhibit. Wow, this is going to be great. I think so. You know, the other thing I'd like to make a call out, and and I just want to also just give a shout out to Portland because because this started here. Portland has been so supportive. I mean, we've gotten so many boxes from Portland. We've gotten so much financial support from Portland, although we need a lot more, but still, you know. And and now, you know, what we're asking Portland to do is participate in this upcoming exhibit and give us some feedback. You know, it's like come and see the exhibit and see if we're getting our message across. See what resonates to you. You know, see if... You know, if you're somebody who's personally affected, what are we saying that, you know, that works or doesn't work for you so that we can um, hone our message and get it even better when we take it to D.C.? So this big exhibit is to thank the people of Portland for all their support and also to ask them to come and participate and, you know, give us some feedback. So this exhibit is happening June 26th and 27th at the Multnomah Arts Center. And in case our listeners don't know where the Multnomah Arts Center is, uh, let us know where that is. Um, it's in Multnomah Village in southwest Portland. So um, I don't have the address right at the tip of my tongue. It's on Capitol. <laughs> Multnomah Village is a relatively small place, so it's probably going to be pretty easy to find. It, it is. It's in the old Multnomah School, actually. Okay. okay. Yeah. And it's not indoors. It's outdoors. So this is an outdoor event. So, you know, it's going to be COVID cool. And... Um, and the other thing I want to ask Portland is, does anybody out there know someone who has a snare drum that marches in a band? Because these processions need to be um, led by drummers, and we're, and we're short. <laughs> <laughs> so if, it, if anybody's out there, info at Soulbox Project. Please just let us know if you are a drummer or you know a drummer, because we're in need of drummers. It really, really adds a lot to the to the impact of it. And the other thing we're going to do is we have a gong that we're hanging in this exhibit that will be struck every 15 minutes for the entire, you know, times that the the exhibit's open the entire weekend. 
because every 15 minutes in the U.S., someone is killed by gunfire. Uh, don't like to hear that. Yeah. So, you know, we're, so we're trying to, this is, this is art, you know, this is artivism. We've got the, the audio, the visual, the whole thing. And, and when you connect art with activism, you get artivism, which is a word that I love. Did you make that word up? No, no. <laughs> you should copyright that. That's a good word. Yeah, there's music and theater and visual arts and street art. And, you know, it's all, it all fits under artivism. We're talking today with Leslie Lee, the founder of the Soul Box Project. Now, Leslie, I'm assuming you've you've touched and looked at many of the boxes that you've received, right? Tell me mm-hmm. about a, tell me about a couple of special ones that really stand out to you. Oh gosh, you know, <clears throat> we get these things um, oftentimes when they're sent in to us through postage, or people bring them in to our monthly Boxing Days. We call them. They come in in large groups, but. Every once in a while, I'll open up that P.O. box, and there'll be a single box sitting inside there. And you know, I mean, this kind of gives me goosebumps to even say it. You know that whoever sent that box in made it for someone special. And even if, it, if it's not, there's not a lot of particulars on it, you just know that. And it's a, it's a treasured box. We also get boxes that have things inside of them. And then it makes them really special. I mean, oftentimes we don't even know that unless we hear it rattling around in there. Um, we always kind of figure that that's sort of the private business of whoever made that box. But sometimes the lids fall off, you know, so we do get to see what's inside. And it's everything from a little heart to a fishing lure, you know, for someone whose fisherman friend was killed in a school shooting. You know, that's one of the boxes that really sticks out in my head. Um, and that the public will never see those things, but it means a lot to the person who made the box. Yeah. So that's part of the healing that goes into it. Do a lot of the boxes come with um, things on the outside, like pictures or memorabilia, things like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes, many, many of the, the um, boxes have names and photographs on them. And... Um, and a lot of them have messages. I mean, there, there's, there's messages of, of anger and also of hope and love. And, um, you know, we, we've always just said whatever, whatever anybody is moved to put on the soul box, that's what they should do because it, it all fits into the message. And when we, when we put these on the display panels, um, if, you, if you have a display panel that's just all names and pictures, it's way too much to take in. You know, I mean, it's like you can only look at so many faces of so many, you know, men, women, and children who have been killed by guns before you just have to turn away. But if you have those, those faces and names intermixed with all these other messages and the overall is, is a beautiful effect, the messages and the, the artwork keep you moving through the exhibit. So you'd get a chance to, to take it in again with art. So it's not um, slamming you quite so much, although we always have boxes of tissue sitting on the ground underneath the panels because people need them. (laughs) That would certainly be necessary. Mm -hmm. So Leslie, you said you started this project uh, after the Las Vegas shooting, which was uh, October of 2017, I think, right? Right. And, And you got it going very quickly after that. Um, 
How long did it take for people to catch on, and how did they catch on and start sending you these um, boxes that they've made? Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, you know, it was it was a very kind of spontaneous thing. I I just thought, you know, this issue doesn't have a visual. I've got this idea. I'm going to, you know, put it out there. And it, as it turned out, my husband and I, who are, who are both artists, were doing a um, open studio, Portland Open Studio, and I thought, okay, I could I could introduce this, this idea there. And so I just, you know, I printed something up and I made a website and it, it just kind of took off from there. And people find out uh, on your website where to send stuff, right? So let's get up, give out the website so people can, can check it out. Absolutely. It's soulboxproject.org. <laughs> That's pretty simple. <laughs> and we keep it simple. You know, it's the same thing if you're on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. It's just at soulboxproject. Or if you want to get a hold of us, info at soulboxproject. You don't have to you know, worry about some fancy something or others. So guns and gun violence tends to be a really political uh, issue, right? So how do you keep this from yeah. getting too political? Well, that has been our trick, um, you know, our, our challenge, because we definitely did not want to get political with this, um, and definitely not partisan. So uh, we, we've, I think we've succeeded quite well in doing that. Politics really is making this issue worse um, by increasing the... Uh, divisiveness, you know, I mean, they're, they're, um, politics is trying to, trying to divide it into pro-gun and no, no gun, you know, Uh, but, but that is just not the way people work, you know, I mean, grief is grief and it doesn't matter where you are on the political spectrum. If you have been affected by, um, a loss you understand that this is that this is an issue, and it's not about taking people's guns away. You know, I mean, that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is responsibility. You know, so my belief is, um, although legislation and you know all the all the things that that other initiatives are working on so hard, and this and I'm glad that they do because that is important and it does make a difference. But what's really going to make the difference is when individual people realize that that gun that they've got in their, you know, bedside drawer, loaded, ready to, you know, confront the burglar or whatever, is far less likely to do that than it is to hurt somebody in their family. And it's just, uh, I think when people go through these boxes and they see all the incidents of children who have been shot, who've gotten guns, who've killed themselves or their friends or whatever, that's really um, heartbreaking. And so it's just, you know, it's not going to, the guns aren't going to go away, just like the HIV is not going away. It has to be. And it, it has to be individual choices. And so that's what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise awareness so that people actually can say to themselves and feel in their own hearts, I don't want to be a part of this problem. I don't want my gun to be, you know, the gun that creates another victim for these boxes. And um, I will 
I will be responsible. You know, I will make sure that people who should not get a hold of my gun can't get a hold of my gun. And, you know, there's, there's lots of safety protocols. Lots, there's a lot of new guns out there because of the pandemic. So I'm concerned that people are not, um, you know, as well versed on handling them as they might be. So tell our audience again where they can see the Soul Box Project because it's coming to town, or it's, well, you're in Portland, but it's going to be on display very soon. Tell us all about that. Yes, it's at the Multnomah Art Center, which is in Multnomah Village on Southwest Capitol Highway. Uh, it's an outdoor exhibit, um, so you know you can feel safe being there as far as COVID is concerned. And um, it's open from ten to six on. Saturday the 26th, and again on Sunday from 10 to 4. And on both of those days, on on Saturday at 10, there will be a procession bringing in the soul boxes, which people are welcome to join. And please tell us ahead of time that you want to do that. <laughs> and then um, again at 4 on Sunday, the, bo- the, the bags of boxes will be processed out. And they can also make a box. We always have a place for people to make boxes at these exhibits. And there's also action resource tables there. Like Mom's Demand Action will be there. Uh, the Dougie Center will be there. That They're very involved with families suffering from suicide losses. Um, the Office of uh, Violence Prevention is going to be there. You know, so they're also the, the Do Not Murder campaign will be there, too. So... We'll get ready to take action and be moved at this event. It's going to be great. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Gary. I really appreciate the time. We've been talking today with Leslie Lee, founder of The Soul Box Project. Thanks again. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.